Today's episode of Birds with Friends is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. To your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing Shield in the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill. It's time to get ill with some birds with friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bo and are coming at you. With stats and things flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. <laughs> That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. <laughs> just go with what you saw today. Okay, yeah. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. For You'll sure. be wrong often, yeah. but then you can just point back to when you were right. No yeah. one will remember. No That's one's true. listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf here in my basement. Zach Berman there. Sheila Kapadia there. Zach, we just had a, you know, we had we just talked for like 10 minutes before the broadcast. Big stucco conversation. How are things going over there? Uh, <laughs> my my family's healthy, uh, f- f- very fortunately, and, and we're all doing well. So Stucco uh, with friends, it was like for, for 10 minutes over here. Yeah, well, there's, there's, there's far more serious things to worry about right now. So well, I know, that's good. right. Yes. Uh, like, uh, you know, all the people going over to Dak Prescott's house. So we've got uh, we've got a lot to get to on this episode. We had a, a video conference with Howie Roseman and Andy Wydell yesterday, and we'll talk a little bit about that. We've got turkeys to the kingdom as we make our predictions for certain uh, categories for what we think the Eagles are going to do in the draft next week. We'll answer your questions in getting a bird in edgewise and uh, just generally talk about uh, some things. We had our our wide receiver beyond the top 10 piece go out today and uh, some interesting disparate thoughts. What what were your guys' reactions when you saw all of our things there together? What jumped out to you? Oh, I thought we uh, – I have a lot of thoughts. I will get into that with the uh... – uh, I think that leads into the draft discussion, right? Or you want to just jump into that bad boy? Uh, we can talk about this bad boy first. Okay. Uh, let's we say, well, to. all right. Well, the people, so the, th- this was a, a good exercise. So for those who are not subscribers, the athletic.com slash birds with friends gets you 40% off both. Thank you for not asking me, uh, how I'm doing today. But what we did was we, we looked at, uh, sort of day two and day three wide receivers. We have, of course, uh, already discussed the sort of, Top 10 guys, guys that they could take in the first round if they trade back, that kind of thing. But this was our dive into the uh, second and third tier. And I got to say, I, I think uh, the bird, the official Birds with Friends take about how this wide receiver class might be, uh, you know, a tad overrated and people might be going overboard. I felt stronger about this after uh, diving into these guys. I mean, I think it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be really difficult, especially if you want an outside starting receiver. Like I don't, I didn't feel good about any of those guys on day three. 
If, if you're looking at if you're looking at here's what I will say. I, I think if you're saying uh, we want a starting caliber slot receiver who can contribute right away, that may be the area where I see the most depth or is mo- most interesting to me. I, I think you have a better chance than usual probably uh, about finding a guy like that uh, maybe in round uh, four, five, even six. Well, I think the the uh, conversation about the quality of the class is not necessarily that you're going to find a starting receiver in the fifth round. It's it's that maybe in the second round you're going to, you're going to get a guy who in a, a in a different year would go in round one, or in the third round you'll get a guy who in a different year will go in round two. And I think you know when when we rated the top ten, um, if you think let's say you think four or five are going to go in the first round, then you can find a quality receiver in the second round of the draft. Maybe um, which not, is not at fifty three. Well, you don't know how the board's going to fall. You know, uh, a few years ago, um, the Eagles thought they would find a quality running back in the second round of the draft. And, you know, Dalvin Cook went right before them. There were questions about Joe Mixon. Uh, there were questions about Alvin Kamara. So it, it really depends on your on on how you evaluate. I think that this exercise clarified for me that the way that the Eagles, uh, you know, this is what we've been talking about. The Eagles have boxed themselves into a scenario where I really do not think they can afford to do anything but take a receiver with their first pick, whether that is even you know trading down a little bit. But they cannot take a non-receiver and then sit there at 53 and hope that one of the nine or ten guys is there. And, and if, if they do, they're going to have to probably trade up. So, uh, like, I really like uh, Gabe Davis, okay? I like him in the third round. I think he's, like, a good gamble to take. He's, he's got a good profile. But he's not like he's not solving anything. None of these guys no. are solving anything. They need they they uh, the abdication of of adding to a receiver uh, in free agency means that they have boxed themselves into the, this position. We'll see how it plays out. Well, you're you're giving away some of your uh, answers to turkeys to the kingdom, unless yeah, you're well, I know. unless you're I, I, I'm unless already you're locked to... in. Okay, well, me too. But now I know what. Yeah, that's true. I guess I can't change it. I gotta say, I disagreed with you uh, pretty strongly on on a Gabriel Davis. So you don't like for, a Gabriel Davis. I don't like a Gabriel Davis. For th- so those who don't know, uh, Central Florida wide receiver, three year starter, was productive as Bo said, probably a mid round pick. Uh, I was watching a little Gabriel Davis. I wrote big, slow, lumbering outside possession receiver. No thanks. Was Ooh, my... I don't think I don't think he's slow. <laughs> it was four five four. I thought he played even slower than that. Mm, I think he plays faster than that. Okay, well, there you, that's that's why these uh, held up well as a true sophomore against uh, against LSU. I like to see that. I like a Gabriel Davis. Okay, well, well, you know, just... Bo there and and Shield there's there's field speed and then there's time speed. <laughs> And you really, you know, Chuck Knoll always said that. And Howie, you know, it's interesting. There was a guy, I don't know if you've heard of him, Sean Jackson. And I've never seen a guy that fast, but his 40 time. How many times? His 40 time was still pretty fast, by the way. Exactly. So so this this reference is, we we can just transition right to the Howie. Oh, no, uh, no, we don't have to transition. Well, it's fine. Yeah. Um, we can jumble it all together, but this was, this was what Howie, uh, said yesterday. And by the way, Deshaun ran like, I don't know, like a 438 or something like that. Uh, so he, he ran plenty fast, but, um, there was the, there was the mention from, from Weidel, which I think you also had in your story, Zach, about, about the difference between time speed and play speed. But the other thing that I thought was interesting was how he brought up the, the tracking data, which I think is, 
actually a fair thing to say. Like if 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 you if guys do play faster and you have the actual data to support that, that means something to me. What do they have? Uh, they they have tracking data for in-game tracking data for every college player? And I don't think it's every college player, but I think okay. it's a certain selection, probably the big guy, the, the big schools. But like I, yeah. I I I do think it's it's a valid point and you know, for instance, Jordan Matthews, Jordan Matthews ran a 446. Uh, and people were surprised. I, I, I say people, kind of draft analysts at the time, were surprised because it, it didn't seem like he was a four four six player. Also, draft and, analysts and, and people from the future looking back. Yeah, but but my but my point is 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 I made a joke about their their reference because you hear it often. But but it is accurate that um, Jordan Matthews, who was a productive player in his own right, but he wasn't a burner. On, you know, he wasn't a four four six player. Um, so. Uh, you know, and I, I think it's a worthwhile conversation if it comes up about Justin Jefferson. But in in any event, you know, you were talking about uh, about Gabe Davis, and yeah, it's it's a with a lot of these guys. the The question is, do you take them at their athletic testing? Do you take them at their film? Um, you know, I, I I think it's a worthwhile conversation to have. Yeah, I think the most interesting guy in terms of that discussion this year is Denzel Mims, and I know we've talked about him. A lot, but like I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's someone who just is going to uh, drop further than anyone thinks. When when I look at a guy who's just sort of had this rise, at least in sort of the draft circles, or I don't know if you want to call it draft Twitter or whatever, in the last three months during the pre-draft process, he, he almost looks to me like a guy whose agent uh, is doing a really good job, who, whose PR mm. people are doing a really good job. It's, you know, it seems like we could have gotten him for this podcast uh, if we wanted to. <laughs> I, I see him doing interviews all over the place. I see his, his you know, draft stock skyrocketing. And I just have to say, when I again, I, I think I had this take last time, but when I watched him uh, on the, uh, you know, watched him on the field, I thought, what this this guy is a you know people are talking about this guy is a first round pick and then I looked at the measurables and all that and you do get intrigued by those types of things and there are a few highlight catches in there for sure but uh, you know I, I don't know I think Daniel Jeremiah had a thing that you know this could be the most uh, unpredictable draft because when you know teams and scouts go to these pro days and other things they do talk to each other they're all friends and you do fall into some uh group think i guess and, and he thinks some of that maybe will be uh taken away in this draft so i don't know that that's just a thing i thought about with mims when he said that well and you know you know my my thoughts on the the seniors from uh big five schools so the the track record's not great for for denzel mims uh does that does that lead us into like are we going to try to hash out discovering and identifying and announcing the identity of the official wide receiver of birds with friends for 2020 oh you want to do that now yeah we can do that now why don't we hash that out now this comes in the great tradition of dj moore in Mm. 2018 and uh, and, I would have yeah, been on board. Right. So you would have been on board. <laughs> yes. And uh and last year it was uh we 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 disagreed on a couple guys and so we just uh we chose to agree on the the speed of Marquise Hollywood Brown. So uh two first round picks maybe that's a, a bit of a, a parasite apple uh Jerry Judy thing going on but if you if you went strictly by our rankings it would be Jerry Judy but I think that's taken the easy way out. 
Yeah, I was wrong on uh, I think you pushed for A.J. Brown for sure. Uh, I was wrong about A.J. Brown. I was trying to think who my A.J. Brown of this year could be. I think it could be, you know, like the guy who I say I don't get it with. It could be Mims and who's actually good. It could be a Brandon Ayuk who you and I did that, that would follow the tradition, Bo, if somebody you liked, mm-hmm. I don't, and who I totally uh, missed on. But I don't, I forget, what are the qualifications? Is, is there anything for the official uh, receiver of Birds with Friends? I mean, I think it's okay if it's a first-round prospect because generally they're, you know, four, five, six first-round prospects, so you're still picking and one. Always, it's, and they, it's they, not, they certainly do not always turn out well. Yeah, it's not. I mean, if it were like the Julio Jones draft or something, that would be kind of weak. And, you know, I think it probably shouldn't be Judy or CeeDee Lamb. Uh, Is that fair? I mean, I think that that feels a little... that's probably fair. Yeah, let's take them out. That feels uh, a little bit cheap. Okay, so we have to pick an official wide receiver of Birds with Friends who's not uh, Judy or Lamb. All right, I'll go through my... I, I mean, the names it, it could be me. one of these... It could be, could be one of these guys from today, uh, today's piece, but I don't think I don't think there's enough agreement on... Uh, you know, we're not we're not going like Tyler Johnson in the fifth round as the official uh, wide receiver of Birds with Friends. Well, we all, like, we all like to Tyler Johnson. Yeah, we like Johnson and we, I liked we him like a little bit more. I liked him a little more than I, than I wanted to, Tyler Johnson, but he, 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 he was okay. I thought I like it was him. very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So for those uh, who are not uh, well-schooled on the day three or, or fourth and through seven, I guess, wide receivers, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, this piece we wrote for The Athletic. We did it individually, but we all said that uh, we kind of liked him. Uh, you know, 213 career catches was very productive. Six foot one, 206. Uh, he's kind of like a thick slot, I guess uh, you could call him. Uh, I thought he had the knows what he's doing trait where he can separate. He knows how to attack versus uh, zone coverages. He had some great, you know, one-handed grabs, I thought. I thought he had some burst after the catch, even though uh, some draft people who I respect were kind of criticizing him for a lack of uh, explosiveness, and certainly he doesn't have elite physical traits, but I thought, uh, you know, if you get a Tyler Johnson in, like, the on day three of the draft, I feel like he's somebody who could help you uh, as soon as he gets on your team. Yeah, I agree with Shield there, and, 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 and like, an exercise I, I often try to apply, like, this week, next week, is... Yeah, almost like Malcolm Gladwelling it in 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 the sense that um, I'm I'm not a I'm not a scout obviously, <laughs> but um I'm very influenced by uh, a what getting I on read a, and getting hear. on a plane with Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> a a a what I read and hear, and and b when you see the athletic testing. Um, uh, and so what I an exercise I try to apply is if like I went into amnesia on January 5th or, or, or January 10th, whatever it was. And I didn't know anything that happened thereafter. And I didn't read anything and I didn't talk to anybody and I didn't hear your guys' opinions. And I, I didn't know what the testing was at the combine. Who did I like when I just watched them play? And again, I'm an untrained eye in that regard, but, but like Tyler Johnson was a player who, when you watched Minnesota, every time he watched him, him and, and Bateman were, were making plays. And, um, and he was, he would just always find ways to catch the ball. Uh, and so that's what I like who, about him. Is, who is, has is the that time to was... be just watching lots of Minnesota games? Well, Big Ten <laughs> games are on at noon on Saturday. So, so like if you're home, you know, or 1230 rather on, on Saturday. So, so they were 
on a lot, and they were really good this year. And for for those who who listen to the podcast, well, if you're listening now, you 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 remember that before the Eagles game against the Vikings, I was really trying to get to that Minnesota Nebraska <laughs> game because I was real interested in that team this year. Um, you know, with with Tanner Morgan and Tyler Johnson and Antoine Winfield or Rashad Bateman. So that was a team that 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 I I had watched quite a bit. So yeah, I I don't think like. If if you watched a lot of Minnesota this year, it just means you watch Big Ten football because they were really good. Yeah, that noon wow. that noon slot on Saturday, I feel like once a child came into my life, yeah. uh, if, if football uh, that that that's when you know you kind of pluck away at certain things that you did before you had a child. That that noon slot is uh, is certainly tough. But in terms of the official, uh, did, you, receiver, did you did you watch Lynn Bowden, Shield? I did. Here, let me look at what I wrote for Limbo. Because you had nothing on him, and, and Zach and I disagreed. Well, it, it's it's nuanced. Let me. See. Well, everything's nuanced. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. So Lynn Bowden is the uh, Kentucky receiver who was moved to quarterback for the final uh, eight games as a junior. Right. The and, most uh, the most fun highlight tape to watch. Uh, no athletic testing. I thought uh, I thought his athleticism really stood out uh, when I watched him. I thought he was shifty and could make people miss, and was fun with the ball in his hands. I, I thought he was pretty pretty tough. Uh, so I wrote down. Let me see. Uh, yeah, athleticism shows up. I, he's obviously a projection. I mean, you've got of course. Um, yeah, he start seventeen games. He started at wide receiver. And there's also, I think uh, Dane said there might be some character stuff with him, right? Uh, nothing like. I think there's something like maybe earlier. Well, in the past. It, it, there, okay. the, yeah, there's these things about how, you know he's turned his life around kind of deal. Okay. Uh, I wrote for him that uh, maybe a flyer on day three. Uh, Greg Ward with uh, with a lot more juice, but maybe worse intangibles was my take on uh, <laughs> yeah, Lynn that sounds, that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, you see, he's definitely a bit thicker than uh, a Greg Ward. Uh, he's 204. Uh, I thought he was okay. I, w- I wouldn't hate him for a day. I like him. Uh, yeah. I like him at that first fourth round pick. That'd be fun for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, so what you, I wrote. Go ahead. Yeah, so, go ahead. So, 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 like, what I wrote on, on him is that in round is is he a gadget player or is he a starter and in round three i'm not necessarily looking for a gadget player if you're talking about him in round four um but you're looking for one in round one with lavisca chenault hey oh i think he's a starter i i think chenault that's that's the difference that's that's a good point to make is that and and like i I put in there if if he becomes if, if if lynn bowden becomes uh braxton miller which I, I think Dane said he has a little Braxton Miller in his game, um, then that's not a good pick. If he becomes Randall Cobb, uh, then it's a very good pick. So, well, yeah. okay. So, so, yeah, I mean, if he if he becomes Julio Jones, that's a good pick. But if he becomes no, but, uh, Ray Carruth, oh, that's a bad it's result. That type of player. I, I mean, Randall Cobb yeah, is someone who plays a quarterback at Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Randall Cobb plays Wait, a quarterback at Kentucky. Which part of that is up for debate? <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> uh, but our younger listeners probably don't even know who Ray Carruth is. Go ahead and go ahead and uh, Google it because uh, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's enough, point. Ray Carruth. All right. Yeah. Um, all right, so here are the okay. here are the receivers I would be in favor or I would have on my list as candidates. Now you guys can add to this or you can take people off of this. Okay, uh, you know I like a Jalen Rager. If it were just up to me, I think I would probably make him 
the official uh, wide receiver of Birds with Friends. I think you guys probably don't agree. I would be in favor of taking a flyer on a KJ Hamler. You know, he might get injured. He might never do anything, but uh, I think he's a fun player. I'll tell you who I liked from the uh, second tier. I liked a Devin du- Duvern- Duvernay. Uh, Devin Duvernay Taldif. Yeah. Yeah, this is a wide receiver from Texas, five foot eleven, two hundred pounds. Ran a four three nine. Is a slot receiver. Had a hundred and six catches last year. I thought he was very competitive. He reminded me of a Bose boy, Golden Tate. So maybe use a third round on mm-hmm. Duvernay. You spend a couple uh, third round picks on these guys. You get Golden Tate for a little bit, and then you get uh, Duvernay. So uh, I, I really liked him. I thought maybe he should be bumped up to uh, bumped up a tier. Actually, uh, I thought he was a good player. Uh, let me see. Uh, none of these other guys. I, I didn't really like Tyler Johnson. If you want, listen. If you want to take a big flyer on a Tyler Johnson and really go away from the first round prospects, and you know we could be looking really smart a year from now when he has a great rookie year, uh, or we could just uh, pretend it never happened. So those are some of the names on my list. I guess I have a pretty uh, pretty short list here. I think of guys that I uh, that I kind of liked. Go ahead, Zach. Well, yeah, I I liked uh, Duvernay as well. Um, I like Tyler Johnson as as I mentioned in there. Uh, Joe Reed is a player who who I always enjoyed watching. And uh, again, you know, I think if you're talking about him in the fifth round, I almost had Joe Reed as my as my late round sleeper. Uh, I don't I don't know if he's bringing anything to the table on offense, but he is like really fun to watch as a returner. Yeah, I mean, he's a terrific kick returner, but also like he can be used so many different ways on, on offense. And the way I described it in, in, in our story was that if, if, uh, if you think back to 2016, Doug's first year, the way he wanted to use Josh Huff, I think that's how you can use Joe Reed. Yeah, I had Joe Reed down as a homeless man's Percy Harvin. Yeah, that sounds Percy right Harvin's to me. Really good, yeah. Homeless man's. Percy Harvin. Almost yeah, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> so like the guy who's telling the Browns what to pick, right? Right. That's good. Is that a bow joke? Uh, I, I I will not be on I will not be on board with the Joe Reed. We can't the, be uh, doing Joe Reed now. I mean, no. what are we what are we talking about here? That's a bridge uh, too far. I mean, this is this is tough because I don't I don't I don't love Rager as much as you do. And Zach was uh, Zach had him seventh on his big board. I like uh, Rager. He might have changed. We could all, you know, yeah, our yeah, opinions, yeah. mate. We talked to a Dane. We talked to a Fran. It's That's impossible. True. It's impossible not to, you know, we're allowed to get swayed by uh, by these guys. Mm. I think it's it's a it's a fair thing that to, to have Judy as you know because there is debate. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah had a conference call yesterday, and he was saying Lamb was kind of like his top guy i i I think he said or at least yeah i mean can do we just do we just put the stamp on on it like judy is a is a class above that feels so weak i i i feel that feels pretty weak to me i think it's pretty weak too jerry judy come on it's not but you basically think we can go and we like rugs too but i don't think like everybody everybody's like uh go get the fast guy i think you could go a rugs actually because rugs didn't have the great production uh, he's third on the list. So if you're if we're going with rugs, we would have to say he's got a shot to be like better than Judy and Lamb. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to go that far. I, maybe I could be talked into well, it. You ranked you ranked him ahead of Lamb. Okay. Well, listen. Sometimes you got to stir it up a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I feel like rugs is too uh, too popular. Okay. He's been so connected to the Eagles throughout this process because because of the dire need for speed. I think Jefferson's the guy who's uh, who's been connected to the Eagles the most, though. Like, 
you know, I think there's this assumption that that rugs won't be there. And yeah, I, I, no, I know, but to, I think yeah. I think yeah, early on it was like he's. Yeah. I think rugs is like the is the the uh, ideal. Yeah, like the wet dream for Eagles fans. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. So sorry, par- yeah, parents listening with their. <laughs> All right. So it looks like oh, you know we got time. Uh, let, let's let the listeners chime in. All right. Let, let us. We already know Clyde Edwards Hilaire is our. Is it uh, Mason? Know, is it Mason Kinsey? No, it is not Mason Kinsey. <laughs> Where are you guys on the Kinsey scale? So, uh, you know, let us know if you're if you're listening. Tweet at us. Uh, leave a review. Let us know who you think should be the official wide receiver of Birds with Friends. If you think it's okay to go with a Judy, let us know. If you like us taking a big swing on a Tyler Johnson or a Devin Duvernay, let us know. If you feel like I need to talk these guys into a Jalen Rager, uh, let us know also. Maybe we can uh, do a little Twitter poll or something. I, I did a- want to have a quick uh, People's Jones conversation. Yeah, um, let's get into it. We because, disagreed so, on him. So, so I I had a real hard time answering that question. It was, it was a fair question that 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 Bo laid out. It's the player to avoid at all costs. But like, I don't think in, in of course in those all terms. costs. Yeah, I mean, well, like, everything is like I'll take the guy as a priority free agent or whatever. But no, so uh, so like I although the, actually I do think avoid Van Jefferson at all costs, <laughs> like the plague. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I, I, I do like a, like what Andy Wydell said, and it's it's something that that I, I I think about, which is which is like focus on what a player can do. Don't just tell me all the things he can't do. Um, so that's why I, I had a harder time with that question. But the reason I said people Jones, uh, uh, the reason I said people's Jones is because you you look at everything about him and you say like he should be really good. Um, but he had every opportunity at Michigan to be really good and. He wasn't productive, or he, he he wasn't very productive over three years there. Um, and you can say their quarterback play or their offense was inconsistent, but the receivers on his team were more productive than him. Um, and you know he was a five star recruit who started from year one, uh, and it just does everything that you look for in terms of height, weight, speed, his 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 percentiles. I think. Uh, in, in terms of jumping was 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 so high up there but it just hasn't translated yet so if you're talking about the third round um i'm a little cautious that if he had every opportunity to do it at, at michigan and he didn't do it what's to say all of a sudden when he goes into the nfl it's just going to click on yeah i think you're right if he goes in the third round pro- i mean probably uh my take on day three picks and you know maybe you teams can decide which round they should sort of embrace this philosophy. Maybe it's sliding, but I feel like you should take big swings uh, on day three. And he's the kind of guy you should take a big swing on because of what you said. I mean, his athleticism is off the charts, like 99th percentile, six foot two, 212 pounds. His production wasn't there. He had some soft tissue uh, injury issues, but like the highlight plays, I I thought the athleticism showed up. Like, I didn't think it was just a guy who just tested and you never saw that on the field. It was that you didn't, uh, you didn't see it enough. You know, I I thought he could track the deep ball. He could make people miss. He could run defenders over. He's like a a strong, thick player. Uh, So there were things that I kind of liked about him. I mean, he never had over 612 receiving yards in a single season. So obviously the odds are he's not going to have a successful uh, career 
as an NFL wide receiver, but on day three, that's going to be pretty much everybody. You know, the odds are, are against every, everybody there. So uh, I would not be against taking a swing on a guy like that uh, on day three of the draft. I, I, I kind of thought he uh, was a little bit fun, at, at least when he flashed. I agree with you about the taking swings part, but uh, I actually more agree with Zach on just the the People's Jones uh, scouting report. I I did not like. I see a guy. This is like a very fo- concussion uncle thing, but I see a guy who is much more athlete than football player. Like uh, I don't think he feels. It looks to me like he doesn't know what he's doing out there. Maybe. So Some, something wasn't clicking. Something wasn't clicking. And on the point that Zach made about it, it never translated to the field. You know, that's part of my Van Jefferson thing. Like, you're going to tell me this guy's the best route runner in the class. Uh, then how come as the oldest player in the SEC that never manifested itself into on-field success? All right. Give us your, uh, your ageism take because I, I feel like you've, you know, certainly, uh, you harp on this a lot. And it's not that I, you know, totally disagree with you or anything, but I think you need to explain, uh, kind of with clarity why you hate prospects who are a year or maybe two years older than the average prospect, uh, at their position in the draft. The reason is not that. Like, uh, there are people, there are people who think it means like, oh, you don't want to get a guy because he's, you know, the, the contract is going to run out when he's older. No, the problem is it's about, it's about contextualizing the on-field performance and what you're seeing. And if a guy is two years older than at least than the people he's going up against on the field, you have to take that into account of the evaluation. Like, if, uh, if, if an offensive lineman is 23 years old going up against a 20 year old, uh, pass rusher, he should overpower him. Um, it's, it's, I mean, that, that's obvious, right? So I don't think that it's, it's taken into account for context enough. And like, you better be way, way, way better than everybody else on the field if that's the case. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, an Antonio Gandy Golden or whoever, or, or somebody from a small school. If you're coming from a small school, you better have dominated. And if you're going to be, you know, an overager, you better have, completely dominated and that's not the case with most of these guys coach flynn note that that was bo uh taking a shot there at small schools not me you know not not that i'm a uh, gandy golden guy but all right but for a wide receiver like it's not about overpowering uh anybody like it's not like he's he's exerting production on these guys van jefferson never produced all right, so Kenny, why why couldn't he be like a, a Terry McLaurin type? Why couldn't he fit into that? Uh, well, you know, because wh- Terry McLaurin ran a four three whatever. Terry McLaurin had real uh, like athletic juice. Okay, and well, he also think- wa- he also wasn't an overager. He was a normal senior. Okay, I think Bo's point about the ages is uh, valid. Um, I I also think that the other end of the spectrum sometimes gets a little too much credit, um, which is like if 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 a player's not as productive as they need to be. And it's like, well, he's only 20 years old. Just, uh, just wait. Um, and Eagles did that a bit with Shelton Gibson. They did it with Joe Kruger a few years back where it's like, he came out now, but if, if, if he stayed, he, he, he would have been a, a day one pick or day two pick next year. And I think that's where you can talk yourself into the other age of the, uh, 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 I guess to the other end of the age component. But I, I think Bo does bring up a good point that if you're taking a guy who's 24 years old, um, he's got to be really good, in my opinion. Well, and and listen, I mean, the draft is really hard, as uh, you know, as Sheila has written about. Like, 
all of these decisions have extremely wide confidence intervals. There's you're uh, you're not going to be uh, you know successful consistently. But the best predictor, it's not a great predictor, but the best predictor is is production <laughs> in college. And so, uh, if yeah, if a guy's young but he hasn't produced, that's not great. But if a guy's old and he hasn't produced, that's a worse bet. And uh, with with like positions like running back and receiver, where there's like actual measured production, I see no reason to, uh, or you you better there better be a very good reason to to go away from it. Yeah, for the record, I uh, agree. I, I just you know I feel like uh, this like is been, this has been sprinkled in uh, a lot. So I thought you should, and I also agree with Zach. You know that yeah, that always annoys me. Oh, listen, this guy would be uh, seventh year senior. He would only be a seventh year senior in college right now. So let's give him some time to develop. I don't know. Uh, you know, some positions fine. Some sometimes you know, like like execs have talked about going into the you know a three day rookie camp and seeing a guy play. And being like, shoot, I think we made a mistake. Right. So uh, there are, you know, sometimes you look and you just know. Uh, I will say on on Van Jefferson, I agree with you. He profiles as a bad prospect and a guy you would want to stay away from. I will admit that when I watched him, I was like, all right, if you just showed me this guy, kind of like what Zach said in January, and you were like, uh, this is a prospect in the draft. You yeah, know, he's got those watch- flashy feet. He's yeah, some he- really nice moves. Yeah, it was like, and you were like, watch this game. Do you like this guy? I would have said yes. If you were like, all right, he's, you know, he had a thousand yards in the SEC last year and is 21 years old. I would have probably been very much uh, on board with a guy like that. So yeah, it is a matter of putting it all together. You know, I thought he, he looked good as a route runner. He knows how to get open. I thought he had some shiftiness to him, uh, that kind of thing. So uh, a player like him, it very much might depend on like where he goes. You know, like if he were to go to the Packers, Next year, like a place where he can maybe just play the slot right away and like that's all he has to do. I wouldn't be surprised if he were productive uh, as a rookie, but certainly you need to take into account uh, everything that that Bo just laid out there. And this is also not just made up. I mean, it's this is this is like a a cherry picked uh, selective pseudoscience. But, you know, I've got the list of all the you know thousand yard receivers over the past however many years. There's nobody, there's not a single guy on there with anything close to Van Jefferson's profile. And most of these guys... The, the vast majority of them are underclassmen who produced at a high level in a big five school. Um, that's not all of them. There are always exceptions. But if you want to make a smart bet, that's the smart bet to make. There you go. And, and if you want to make uh, another smart bet, I would suggest doing it on the Black Tux because the Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit or tuxedo for their big day. Did you know the Black Tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine? It turns out they are alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews from competitor tux shops that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible. Unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween, we felt weird buying a suit for somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we left. What I love about the Black Tux is they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship 
your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with code BIRDS. That's blacktux.com, code BIRDS for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. Now, uh, I wasn't on the Howie Roseman, uh, Andy Weidel call yesterday. Don't force it if there was nothing there. But was there anything else interesting that uh, came out of that call? I mean, there was th- there was some good insight, but I don't think there was anything revealing. You know, they were playing it very close to their chest. I, I liked, uh, I thought the question Bo asked uh, brought out kind of the, the most personality in the call. Bo, do you want to share that? You can share it. Uh, Bo was asking him for their whole Bo likes when other people gas him up. You know. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's, you know, we, I think we have talked about this before, uh, Shia. Like these pre-draft press conferences a week before are generally speaking, you know, garbanzo beans, uh, slop fests of of obfuscation. So uh, the the questions were trending in that direction. So I asked something that I was going to get an actual answer. So I just wanted to know what their like what their home office setups were like since we just saw the Gettleman picture. Um, so I wanted to get that wanted to get that answer. I'm 100 percent in on that question. Yeah. So what did, what did they say? So Howie has had his his like home office souped up like his uh, office at the Novacare complex for a while now. He said they, he said I think maybe what did he say 2018 two years that, ago two years ago yeah. they had he had that souped up for himself. So he's uh, he's firing on all cylinders there. But uh, I also wanted to know, like, what's the, you know, you're going to sequester the kids on draft night? Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, because, you know, we had the conference call the other day when his his son was trying to get the iPad password. Yeah. Uh, And he said, um, he said, usually his son is like texting him during the draft, trying to find out answers to stuff. So now (laughs) now he's worried he's going to be like knocking on the door. Uh, I'm trying to come in and find out what's happening. And then uh, Andy is... He took over, uh, commandeered his wife's uh, home office setup on the uh, what was it, on the second floor. He said, "The uh, first floor, the, first the floor. ground floor, right?" Is that what he said? Think, yeah, that might be right. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. It's it's okay if you're wrong about the floor. I don't think anyone's <laughs> gonna, anyone's going to yell at yell at you guys. But so to Bo's point, like uh, I asked the question that that is is so easy to answer, in my opinion. Um, it was that Howie was reluctant. I, I said to Howie, you were, you were reluctant to discuss this receiver class at the combine because not all the information was in. Now that the information is, is yeah, in, how would you characterize this Howie. class? Yeah. And, and how deep into the class can you go when you find quality receivers? And, and I've heard his contemporaries around the league or his, his colleagues around the league talk about how great this class is, how there's guys in different shapes and sizes, how, you know, you and and you're not saying we're picking player X, but you're saying you know there's there's eight you know there's there's 25 guys this year that we have grades on, um, it, of of this tier and in the past we had 18 something like that, and Howie said said fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me, um because and he didn't yeah but go ahead it, because in the past um he called the running back class in 2017 historic. And the Eagles came out with Donnell Pumphrey. And he called the running back, he called the defensive line class last year historic. And the Eagles came out with Sharif Miller. And so he didn't want to categorize it as historic. But 
but not you know, because he, not because you know he learned like a draft lesson just because he didn't want the quote thrown back at him. Yes, yeah, because if they miss, he doesn't want it to be that they missed on a guy in a historic class. So I, I found that to be like in terms of obfuscation. Yeah, that wasn't great. I thought that was I thought that's perfectly reasonable from him. I think that I think that's smart for two. I mean, one, you know, if they trade up for somebody, then first question, and that uh, Thursday night press, you said this was the deepest class. Why are you giving up draft capital to trade up for somebody? Or uh, number two, like you said, you know, if the they draft somebody and they totally whiff on it, uh, then it's like you whiffed again on the deepest draft class. Or it could just be number three. Uh, he's been listening. Thank you, Howie, and he agrees that it's you know it's not that deep, but he doesn't want to throw his peer GMs under the bus. No, you guys don't like any of those. Okay. No, 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 no. I think those are all. Well, I think uh, I, th- I think if it's a, if it's if it's number three, there's there's no, there's nothing wrong with with stating that and how he can do so very politically. If it's number two, I would say like if you miss on a wide receiver this year, your problem isn't what we write. Your problem That's is true. is that 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 you missed it. And if it's number one, um, I mean, I, I just think like. There's there's so much and and I understand that that we and, we and when I say we the media and and I, I think the the fan base I'll lump them into it can make a big deal about stuff uh, often um, but I think a, a, a lot of it like you're you're not giving away secrets you know you know we all know who these players are you're not saying we're gonna take so and so at 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 twenty one we know that but you can discuss like the strength of the draft without without um you know without being overly cautious in 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 my opinion i i think sometimes like people are are too careful for their own good i think that's right i think we've all i think i might have said this last time too but i i uh i should say again that i i do appreciate from howie that uh while there are like all these gms anonymously complaining about the draft and he was sort of given the opening to complain about it by a few questions and like, you know, undrafted free agency. How difficult is that going to be? He's he's done a good job of saying like, you know, there are a million people, millions of people who are in like actual bad situations right now. This is very easy for us. We can it's not a big deal. A hundred percent. And I think he's he's uh, I think he's genuine about that, too. Like, I, I don't think that's think just so a too. soundbite. I don't think Howie's sitting there being like, uh, what was us? And. and uh, the, the the reality is the draft is a glorified conference call anyways you know it's 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 not an event where where like it requires you to be together so yeah i i give howie credit for the way he approaches those questions should Anything we else turkey it up let's turkey no, it up I, yeah yeah there was nothing else from that right right zach uh i mean their stuff will incorporate there was there's there's there were different opinions there were some perspective um, but I don't think there's any like news that we need to get out there. And by the way, if you want to learn a little bit more about Andy Weidel, there's a story on the athletic that you can read. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I, I, uh, I, I spoke to him. I spoke to others who know him well, including Joe Douglas. And I, I really, this is, this is the first draft that's, that's, that's going to be on Andy's record. He was promoted last summer to replace Joe. And so I think, uh, you know, I, I think if you want to know, about the person who's who's running the personnel department, um, this is a good place to look. All right, let's get to turkeys to the kingdom. 
which is the game in which we uh, we place our wagers, 100 turkeys for each question, on uh, possible outcomes for the Eagles. We've all written our answers down. Do you have them in front of you, gentlemen? All right. The first one, the turkeys to be dispersed between the chances that the Eagles trade up from 21, they trade down from 21, or stay at 21. I think this is the most difficult question of the six that we have. Do you want to go through it? Yeah, who wants to start? You want me to start? I'll start. I'll go first, and then we can change who goes first. Uh, I have trade up as 33, trade down as 36, and stay at 21 as 31. Real fence sitting. Real fencing. So uh, I did a, a post for uh, the athletic about uh, some predictions, some uh, some trades, some picks, uh, some jokes. All those combined into one. And but but one part of that exercise that I thought was helpful is that uh, I kind of feel like they're going to be trading up in this draft. I feel mm-hmm. like they shouldn't be. You know, really, if if it's a deep draft, if you talk about drafting for volume, all those different things. Now, of course, it matters how far you have to move up. And Bo, you wrote about that, uh, of course, on the athletic. But uh, you know, I was going through this exercise, and really, if you look at it, uh, at twelve and thirteen, you have the Raiders and the Forty ers who are very, very, very strong picks, in my opinion, to take wide receivers. Before that, you have the Jets at eleven; they could be in the market for a wide receiver and you could have a team like the Broncos trade up before that. Uh, and they would like a wide receiver there at 15. So I feel like even if, if you trade up to 16, I personally believe the top three wide receivers will be off the board by the 16th pick in this draft. Now, uh, maybe they love a Justin Jefferson. I, I had them trading up for a Justin Jefferson, but I think one way or another, whether it's trading up to 16, whether it's uh, getting ahead of those other teams and going all the way up to 10 or 11, uh, I believe that the Eagles are going to trade up. I believe they've painted themselves into a corner here uh, with their lack of activity in free agency and the trade market. They cannot afford to go into the 2020 season, assuming the 2020 season happens with uh, you know, big question marks at wide receiver again, which would be the third time during the Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson era where you are doing that. And so I've got uh, 48% trading Whoa. up. Uh, I've got 30% staying and I really have a tough time. I, I even wanted to go lower on this, seeing them trading down from 22 because I, what I've stated before is that if you look at the teams behind them, the Vikings, wide receiver, the Patriots, wide receiver, Saints could go wide receiver. Uh, Who else is here? Green Bay Packers, wide receiver, 49ers, wide receiver. Those are all teams behind them in the first round who could be in the market uh, for a wide receiver. And I think, uh, you know, it's highly unlikely that all, you know, you have like six guys grouped there that you feel feel great about all of them and you end up uh, trading down. So, you know, I think if they were in that situation, they would just stick at 21 and it might be a reach for somebody. It might not be. I, I think Rager personally is a fi- is fine to take at 21. Uh, but uh, I think that would be the second uh, most likely scenario. So I, I had a different read on this than Shield, um, which is good for, for conversation. I, I have them <laughs> staying at, uh, at 65. 65 Whoa. turkeys are staying. Whoa, I think, baby! I think value is going to meet need there. Um, Whoa! I'm, 
you know, I I just look at this that I don't think they're going they're going to get one of the top three at number twenty one. But I don't think they're going to have to trade up for Justin Jefferson. I think there's going to be a, a run on on offensive tackles and quarterbacks early. Uh, I just and I I don't see if unless you're unless you're trading up to get Lamb or Rugs or Judy. Uh, I don't think you need to trade up. I I, I, I think I, dis- I disagree with that. Okay, I, I agree with Shield. I will be very very surprised if only three receivers are off the board by the time the twenty first pick is on the clock. I I will not be surprised. Um, I I will not be surprised. I think, as I said, quarterbacks and offensive tackles are going to go early this year. Uh, I am going with trading up at fifteen turkeys. Whoa. And I am going trading down at twenty because if if four receivers are off the board there, I actually think uh, it's the opposite. I, th- I think they'll they'll have tears, and that after that trade down a few spots. If you have a handful of receivers within the same tier, then add more picks, add more valuable picks. I, I think you can do it. Um, Howie Roseman made a reference yesterday in the call that only once has there been a scenario where nothing happened as he expected. And he was referencing, of course, 2014 when he thought one of six guys were going to be there. That wasn't the case. Uh, They traded down. They ended up drafting Marcus Smith, but usually one of his mock scenarios works out. And, uh, and so I think they're going to be well prepared for either, um, Justin Jefferson to be there at at twenty one for them to move up if if one of the top guys drops or for them to move down if uh, if none of them are on the board. That's just my opinion. I think that I think the problem is that if this were a normal year and they could play it like they want to play the draft, they would like to trade down from twenty one. But I think they have painted themselves into this corner where they cannot afford to like uh, take the take the bird's eye view and build for the future because they have this glaring short-term need that has to be filled in the draft and they have to make sure it happens. So I think that Sheila's probably right. I, I find it uh, hard to believe that they can look at, you know, if, if there are free receivers off the board that they, that they will be able to feel comfortable parachuting back. But, you know, it could be a, it could be a small trade back or something like that. But uh, I think this is, this comes down to, the problem that we've had with their offseason. I think they have painted themselves into this corner and they they have to take a receiver. So, I mean, it's hard to overstate how huge this pick is. I mean, this is a, if you trade back and don't get a guy you like, if you pick the wrong guy, this is a season potentially season crippling miss. This isn't like needing a, you know, you could get by with a, a mediocre to below average corner. You could get by with, you don't add pass rush. If it's a right tackle, let's say you needed any of those positions. If you do not add wide receiver talent, I mean, how could you possibly think your ceiling is a Super Bowl contender? next year it's just not well, i mean the only variable it's the like only Groundhog's variable Day. it is the only variable is if they think they have something uh set up for the acquisition of a veteran receiver right agreed yeah. which which then we i will you know i 
Absolutely. We'll give them credit if they've got that in their uh, back pocket or they're going into this saying we're not going to reach at 21. We'll trade down because we can trade for player X. We know we have that option. Then that it, that is a fine plan uh, if you have that in your back pocket and it's information we don't have right now. All right. Uh, next up, we have the amount of picks they're going to have throughout the course of the draft. Seven picks or fewer, eight picks, which is what they currently have, or nine picks or more. Sheila, it's your turn to go first. Uh, I went uh, under, below eight at 46%. I think uh, uh, that's my Makes most sense likely. Makes trade-up, yeah. Yeah, even if it's not the first round, you know, I could see them doing a trade-up later where they lose a late-round uh, pick. I've got eight picks at 40%. It would not shock me if that's the number. I'm sorry, these are these are turkeys, not percentages. Forty percent for uh, eight picks, and then uh, more than eight, I've only got at fourteen percent. Uh, I I don't know. I don't I don't really see them picking nine or more players. It's it's possible, but you know, I just sit down for five seconds, throw out some numbers, and that's what I came up with. Mm. Fourteen turkeys for nine plus. Okay, go ahead, Zach. Uh, so. I I do this with much more round numbers than you guys do. Uh, I guess I got to get better at the game. Um, I have, Sheila, has uh, learned, Sheila has learned to adjust over the over the years. <laughs> um, I I have more at fifty. I th- I think they're going to be trading back in this draft, mm. and or they're going to be trading a player, which which we'll get to later. Um, but uh, I I think they're going to emphasize volume. If I set the over under at seven and a half, I'm going with the over. Um, and so I, I am, I am going with, uh, 40 for eight picks. Okay. Wow. And then I'm going with 10 for fewer than eight. Mm, yeah. You and, you and Sheila are really going head to head on the uh, trade up, <laughs> trade down and picks and fewer. Uh, I did another, I did another, uh, fence sit here. I have 34 for uh, seven picks or fewer, 37 for eight picks and 29 for nine picks or more. Come on. Take a stance here. I, you'll, I'll, you'll get to my stance. Stop pick, stop picking scared. Uh, right, well, why don't we why don't we hop to the one that uh, <laughs> Zach <laughs> Zach just referenced? Um, will they will the Eagles make a trade over the course of the draft that involves a veteran, either coming or going? Who's up Zach, first? Your Zach's turn up. to go first. Seventy five percent yet, or seventy five turkeys? Yes, twenty five mm. no. I have 52 turkeys, yes. 48 turkeys, no. 52, yes? Oh, my God. You you, you scared little child. (laughs) I went all in on this bad boy. I play to win the game. I'm trying to make up all kinds of ground on this boy. I've got 99% yes. Whoa. 1% no. How about that? Ninety nine. That's a that's a potentially uh, that's a game winner. You know you a don't really be, you don't you don't really believe Rasul Douglas is going to be on this team in uh, ten yeah, days. Yeah, but why do does you? that trade have to happen this weekend? Because maybe you get a seventh round pick for him. Okay, I mean, yeah. you know, you could get a you could get a conditional twenty twenty one fifth maybe. Well, August. after they well after they miss out on their uh, wide receiver, they're going to yeah. need to take a lot of swings. Wow, so. ninety nine. <laughs> I did not listen to the turkey uh, distribution draft last year. Um, did uh, did this question come up? And did Hassan Ridgeway swing it for you guys? Oh, we, we didn't have this question last year. Okay, yeah, yeah that would have though. That would be exciting. Um, Okay, let's get to uh, let's get to draft a quarterback or not. 
Will the Eagles draft a quarterback over the course of the draft or not? I have another fence. Oh, oh my god, this guy. Forty six. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> for for will draft a quarterback, fifty four for no. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. Uh, I went I went sixty one percent yes, uh thirty nine percent no. I just feel turkeys, like turkeys. I just feel like they have to let uh, Doug get involved somehow. If they usually let him do something on day three, he'll <laughs> you know can pick out a tall guy who completed fifty six percent of his passes, but has great intangibles, and uh, they can go with that guy in the sixth round. I think they have had less time to do their due diligence uh, on those quarterbacks this year. That's that's part of what I'm thinking. Why you do your you do? I don't your, know. He uh, likes to meet these guys. Like Doug, Doug likes to go like talk to these guys. Like, are smell you, them to, like Dave Gettleman said. He wants Gettleman to look him in the eye. Smell them. He wants to look him in the <laughs> eye and decide whether they're tall enough or not. <laughs> Zach, I like to look at them in the eye and see if they're tall enough as well. So, um, but, uh, <laughs> one man wins. Uh, 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 it's it's funny actually. Bo has us has a saying of wide receiver we're going to avoid at all costs. Okay. Yeah, he's sitting on the fence. He's ambivalent toward every one of these. Okay. Um, uh, I I have sixty five yes, thirty five no, uh, and I I think that they want to have a developmental quarterback. Perhaps it comes in the undrafted market. I don't know if if only Kyle Laletta suffices there. Um, they uh, I don't think he Je- does. Yeah, Jeffrey Lurie uh, has he said on the record. Um, that he wants to draft a quarterback every year or every other year. Uh, they did that last year. With Clayton yeah, Dorsey. they got one it last didn't work year. Out. Yes, and it, it obviously didn't work out. Um, I, I'm i not enamored with the day three quarterbacks, uh, but like I said, I think they're going to have a volume. They, I, I, I think they're going to have a higher volume of picks, and I think they're going to use one of those on a quarterback. He says a lot of things on the record, which they do not follow through on on draft yes. weekend, by the way. It feels like, at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. The identity of the position of their first pick. So if it's not a first-round pick, if they trade out, it still applies. The position of the first pick, will it be a wide receiver, a member of the secondary, a defensive lineman, or other? Shield, it is your turn to go first. All right, I decided, you know, I'm going the opposite of Bo, and I'm going big on all my picks. Uh, so I've got wide receiver 77%. I've got secondary Turkeys. at 23, and I've got Whoa. nothing. And I've got zero for defensive line, linebacker, and other. Let's I guess talk I, about – let's yeah, quickly let's talk, talk about, about the, the – Yeah, the linebacker idea. Go ahead. I mean, I just don't see it. Uh, I just don't this, see it. This year, especially, again, when's the, what's the, Zach, what's the year? Last year they drafted a linebacker. 1979, the Jerry Robertson. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. Jerry Robinson. Is that yeah. correct? Not, 1979. Yeah. I mean, a guy like Kenneth Murray, uh, in my opinion, would be a bad scheme fit for these Eagles. You're projecting what the guy's going to be in coverage. I would much rather have a Kenneth Murray on a team that's more creative that can find ways to use him uh, as a blitzer and doing different things on third down in passing situations. I really actually like the player. Uh, I think he's a really good player and in the right defense, he could be, you know, defensive rookie of the year next year, but I just don't see it for this team. 
And, uh, you know, similarly with, with Patrick Queen, I mean, if that's the best guy on the board for you at 21, trade, uh, trade, down. trade down and and get more picks. And then if it, this were another year and, you know, you didn't have a, a glaring need at the position that is most critical to your uh, $140 million quarterback's success, then I would say, all right, if you really like that guy, I actually have softened my stance on not taking off ball linebackers in the first round. You know, I think a lot of it depends on scheme, but if that's somebody who's a real asset on third down in passing situations, can match up with tight ends, can blitz, uh, has great instincts in zone, is a great leader, is durable, can get people lined up. I actually don't think that's, uh, you know, a terrible use of resources, which I at one point did. Uh, but I just think for this team at this time that that would be a bad use of resources. I agree with everything you just said, uh, especially like the back half of the first round. I still wouldn't want to take a linebacker in like the top 10 or something like that. But uh, yeah, if the, if the roster was in good shape and he's the best player on your board, go for it. But they, they do not have that luxury. Zeeburn, anything? Is Zeeburn with us? Ooh, did we lose Zeeburn? What did you go? Uh, 77? Yes, oh, oh, he's here. Yes, I am here. I am, oh, I am okay. here. I am sorry. Where were you? We were fixing Everything your roof? Everything okay? <laughs> no, I had it on mute uh, for a moment. Uh, why did you mute it? What, why, what, what pre- precipitated that? Uh, I had to cough. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to cough on air. What, so. were, you, what, let me, what were your uh, numbers, Sheila? I didn't write it down. 77, 23? Uh, yes. Okay. Zach, you're up. Yeah, for the linebacker conversation or for the well, either distribution? one. Why don't you tell us uh, your linebacker, linebacker conversation? Does. I agree with 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 what you said for the most part, but yeah, I I'm of the opinion that if it's a potential difference making player, if it's if it's a potential top of the league player, what you need on your team is blue chip players. Uh, and if he could be a blue chip player, if he can be what the Steelers thought Devin Bush was, what you know. Um, and, and as Daniel Jeremiah said yesterday, it has a very high hit rate in the first round. The linebackers have gone in the first round. That is have a true. High hit rate, which you need to consider. Um, so I, I have warmed up on it, but it, it needs to be the right player. It can't just be like the best linebacker in the draft. It needs to be someone you think could be a difference maker. Uh, the uh, so I have in in the first where the first pick wide receiver sixty five. Defensive line, 20. I'm higher on that than Shield. I think if they don't go wide receiver, there's a better chance that it's a defensive end than, than any other position. Um, I have 10 for defensive backs, and I have five for linebackers. The problem with the uh, – sorry to – to butt in, Bo, before you uh, give your numbers. My only, I agree with you on sort of the idea of the defensive end. I just didn't, I don't love the class. I love the Kalevon chase on when we did our exercise of non wide receivers who could be available there at uh, 21. Like he was one of my favorite guys that I watched. I just don't think he's going to uh, end up being there. Uh, Some of the other guys that I ended up liking there, Xavier McKinney, the safety from Alabama. I really like him as a uh, Malcolm Jenkins uh, clone. You guys know that I liked uh, cornerback Trevon Diggs from Alabama. I think, uh, you know, if you're stuck in a spot and you're not drafting a wide receiver at 21, I think it's person, per, it's perfectly reasonable to take him. I think those were the three, you know, probably just two of those guys because I don't think Chase Hunt's going to be there. So M- McKinney. Well, and you made the case that, that Kinlaw, if he fell, would be a problem, which I, I don't totally agree with. Okay. Why? Because I don't think, I think there are, there are reasons he could fall aside from a medical concern. 
Like if the receivers are flying off the board, um, I still don't think they would pick him or should pick him. But I think I, I think it's reasonable to expect that he could go, fall to twenty one. Okay, positionless uh, positionless defense with eleven defensive tackles. Go yeah. get him, Jim Schwartz. Yeah. Uh, so this is the one. <laughs> this is the one place where I uh, hanging hanging my uh, berries, I guess. Ninety, just ninety for receiver. Wow. 90 for receiver, 5 for secondary, 4 for defensive line, 1 for other. I just okay. think they have to. I think they have no choice. Uh, and then the last one is the amount of receivers they draft. It, will it be 0, 1, 2, or 3 or more? Zach, it is your turn to go first. Uh, so I have 70 for 2. Um, now These the are one turkeys, caveat, by the way. Yes. Now the one caveat I wanted to put in here. Live turkeys, of course. Is that a Carson Wentz joke? Well, I think it, it's just been it's a, it's established no. in Birds with Friends lore that these turkeys are living. <laughs> so uh, yes, yeah, so <laughs> um, the caveat I, I want to put in here is we need to have an Antonio Gibson exception. Is that mm. fair? Uh, sure. L- or like, does he qualify? Or or, or or what does he qualify as? I should say. I have not been able to uh, to dig in on him yet. So I, okay. I thought I saw Bob. Did it? Uh, was it Bob McGinn or somebody say that everybody evaluated him as one or the other, except for one person? I saw some tweet come across my timeline, but Something I can't like remember. That. I think he can. I think I get. I'll I will give him to you. He counts as a receiver for this, but he counts as a running back for Duck Duck Juice. Okay. Uh, well, I uh, so so then I'll lower this. Well, why I'm not predicting them taking Antonio Gibson, but. Um, I'll just stick for, for what it is. 70 <laughs> at, at two, uh, 30 for three, zero for one, zero for zero. Uh, they're going to come zero out with more than one. one. Interesting. Well, yeah, but what if they trade for Kenny Stills? Frankly, I, I wouldn't trade for Kenny Stills. I would just let him get cut and sign him. Mm. But, you don't think, you, you think they've got enough, uh, slot receivers. Fair enough. Well, no, well, no uh, I, I don't know who's going to pay for Kenny, who's going to trade for Kenny Stills at 7 yeah. million next year when, when it's like it's, they're kind of telegraphing that one. Maybe I could be wrong. I I don't know, um, but no, I I also think that uh, like Shields' favorite expression, they want guys who can grow with Carson here, and so even if they trade for someone, <laughs> yeah. I think they want two guys who can grow with Carson. Uh, I should have gone heavier on two here. I went sixty on two, twenty-five on one, and fifteen on three plus. I think the twenty-five is like if they you know they trade up for CD Lamb or something like that, and then give up a lot of draft picks to do it. Then maybe they don't don't think that they need to add uh, another one later in the draft. Uh, I went the biggest on two. I have eighty at Ooh. two. Uh, I think uh, that you know I just went big on all of these. I went with the opposite bow method, and that'll probably meet, lead me to a loss. <laughs> but whatever, I had fun doing it. I had ten uh, at one and ten at three, Fair and enough. zero for zero. Uh, all right. Well, that'll wrap up turkeys to the kingdom. What a, what a fantastic exercise! Uh, I suppose we should save our questions for uh, for next time. Okay. I mean, or or we can stick around and do another hour of the show if you want. No, I don't know that Kent would enjoy that. I, don't, I, have, <laughs> I, I know that's right. Uh, okay. Do, I do so, one as a, sure. as a tease. Yeah, that sounds like a fun idea. And then we'll, we'll do one. We'll do the rest next time. Uh, Peck nest migrate. Andre Dillard, Miles Sanders. And a 2020. Oh, and and this year's pick, the t- number 21 overall pick. 
This is from Nick Devere. Wait, sorry, give it, give it to me. Peck Nest migrate Dillard Sanders and this year's twenty-first overall pick. Oh, uh, wow. I I am going to migrate Dillard. Um, actually, wow. something I'm, I'm real curious about, uh, and not the fur to shield and Bo and and others on on, on uh, I guess we we could ask Dane Brugler this. If Andre Dillard was in last year's class. Uh, where does he go? Oh, I, I'm sorry. If Andre Dillard was in this year's class, where does he go? Because this is a stacked offensive tackle class at the top. And uh, part of the reason, you know, the Eagles thought they were trading for the top left tackle in the draft last year, and that very well might be the case. Um, but it wasn't considered a strong offensive tackle draft class last year. I think Jonah Williams, who's kind of like a tackle guard hybrid type, he was the first one taken, then Dillard was next. Um, so if he was in this year's class... Is he is he better than than Becton? Is is he better than Willis? Is he better than Wirfs? You go on down the list. Um, Boy, that so. that's a that's a great question because you know Bo and I both did pieces looking at the e- trade ups the Eagles made, and so what if the Eagles just traded got Marquise Brown last year, waited to get their uh, tackle of the future this year. You know, they could have still brought Jason Peters back. One more year, right? One more year and then, ha- you know, basically did what they did last year, this year. Maybe you don't have to trade up for that. And then you still had the compensation that you had for uh, moving up for Dillard. So it yeah. kind of goes back to that, why it's, you know, trading up can look good and you feel great about it in the moment. And then you look back and you say, wait a minute, should we really have done that? Uh, it is a it is a better question for Brugler. I would say I still think Dillard would probably have been a first, would be a first round pick this year. Uh, I, I think we, you know, you gain so much information. Know. You know, he was thought of as a great pick last year. Everybody was, I mean, if we went back and looked at what everybody wrote about the Eagles after that pick, everybody, wow, they got the best pass protecting left tackle in the draft. They, they uh, worked over Bill O'Brien by getting ahead of him. Howie does it again. Smart looking ahead to a year ahead. Like, like now we look at it. Mentioned how old he was. Was that you? Someone's you. You were on board with the pick. I, I, I was trade. I was on board, board with it, but I, I didn't love. I didn't love Dillard. Really, and he still very well might be a, a you know he, he he might be a great player for them. Uh, yeah, you know so so it's it's still too soon there. But yes, but for the purpose of this peck nest migrate, um, I am confident that Miles Sanders is going to be uh, your starting running back for the next few years. Um, so I, I I don't know if he'll get a second contract based on the position. Uh, so you know what? I'm, I'm going to peck Sanders just because I, I don't know the long-term viability there. And I guess I will nest the number 21 pick here. But that's also, you know, that's that's door number three, and you don't know what that yields. Mm. I think I would do the same thing because you got to nest a running back. Yes. There's never, uh, you know. No, peck him. You, 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 yeah, you got to peck the running back because you, yeah. you get one good year. That's really all you can ask for. Oh, so that's what it is. You get one year. Okay, yeah, then that's the answer. Because think about it. I mean, you you can't nest the players because would you would you trade Miles Sanders or Andre Dillard for the twenty first pick? Uh, answer is yes, right? Oh, so this is just this year? No, I think no, I think a, pa- yeah. a pack would be just this year. Is that uh, yeah, is that a right? pack yes, is yes, get exactly. one year. Nest, yes, you yeah, get him exactly. for his whole career. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I, I stand by as that. you uh, yes. drop him in the Google. I would. I would. Uh, well. I don't know. I was going to say I agree with that until your last line there. Uh, do you, I have a, I have a little trivia. Uh, well, let's finish it with this trivia question. Ooh, a two can you? 
Now, Bo, you might know the answer to this because of your uh, research this week. So if you'll just look this up, then don't say anything. Uh, Zach, do you know the can? How many of the players can you name uh, in the trade that the Eagles made for uh, Carson Wentz? Right to get up to the number two pick overall in 2016 with the Cleveland Browns. That trade netted uh, they had to give up one, two, three, four, five picks. Can you name any of the players? that were uh, used on those five picks that the Eagles gave up. So so this is interesting because Cleveland took Corey Coleman that year, but it wasn't with the Eagles pick. They traded down Correct. again. Correct. Um, so let's see, they traded back. Was it Jack Conklin? Was 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 that who went in the... Uh, it was. It, Good job. It yeah. was Jack wow. Conklin at, at number okay. eight. Okay. Um, and then, so they also gave up their their second rounder that year. Uh, they did. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, no. Yes. No. 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 They. Yeah. Yeah. They gave up their second round. Yeah. They, they gave up their second. Yes. Yeah. Oh, why isn't um, that on here? Did that get? Oh, that mm. got. Okay. All right. So this is gonna. Be, I think this is gonna be confusing because it. It looks like a lot of the picks got traded. It sure sounds confusing. Yeah. yeah I mean, so, I. Uh, <laughs> wait. Wait. So. Uh, well, well, the the next year it was was it the Sean Watson pick the following year. Yes, that yeah. is a year that is unbelievable okay. to me. I couldn't uh, believe that when I yeah. read it. Um, I believe so. Uh, there was also I remember when the Eagles got Cody Kessler last year. There was something that the Browns took Kessler with with one of the picks that, but I don't know if it was a direct pick or it was a pick that was in a trade. But last thing I was going to say is so the Eagles have traded the picks that eventually netted Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. In the past, Ooh, that's uh, four, a trivia question. Four drafts. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Okay. Well, not great for them, but yeah. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, that'll uh, that'll do it for this episode, I guess. We'll be back next week with our full pre-draft extravaganza. We'll make our uh, mock picks. We'll do the owl, you know, draft in which we draft the players we think the Eagles are likeliest to select. And uh, that'll be that. That'll be that'll be a long one. So if you thought this one was long, buckle up. Thanks for listening. For Zach and Sheil, I'm Bo. And as always, we love you. Birds with friends.